Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy indeed to be here with you on these Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time live. I am praying you're having a blessed, happy, holy, and a joyful Advent day. You know, Sunday we celebrated the third Sunday of Advent, uh, Gaudete Sunday. Rejoice, you know, we're getting so much closer. Christmas is just a week from Friday. Uh, how fast is this time going? And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about joy, Christmas joy, and what we should be doing during this during this Advent season. Uh, just to pick up the spirits a little bit. I think a lot of us are down, you know, especially now with this pending storm. Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe this storm is going to add a little bit of uh, Christmas festivity to your, to your life. I'm not a big fan of... Uh, major snowstorms anymore used to be when I was younger but not not when I fall down in them so I don't look forward to them uh, but uh, anyway we're gonna talk about that I, I I'm so happy that you take some time out of your day to allow me to share an hour with you uh, you know time is precious and it means a lot to me to know that you entrust to me an hour of your time uh, to spend. But again, I'm I'm praying, my friends. You know, we're coming off again a very successful radiothon. Um, your response to our Christmas newsletter, our Grazia newsletter, that went out in November, is just awe-inspiring. Your beautiful little notes. In fact, I brought home because I have a stack of them. I mean, in, in addition to all of the prayer requests that you're sending, which are great, uh, so many of you have taken the time to write little notes, send us pictures, uh, Christmas cards. And, um, you know, we're probably going to be snowed in for a day or so. They say tomorrow the snow starts around midday. I'll probably come in here and pre-record so I'm not sitting here when the storm comes through. And then who knows what will happen Thursday if I can get the driveway plowed here and the parking lot. Uh, we'll see. We'll take it a day at a time. I, 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 you know, if nothing else, we'll just pipe in the Christmas music all day, right? And as the snow's falling... Or you're outside shoveling, you can put on our Christmas music and just blast it in the neighborhood and let them hear real Christmas music. Uh, so a lot going on. Uh, first, let's pray. And um, again, remembering all of your intentions. i got to tell you, I was here Sunday. Um, I came over after Mass, and, and I was here uh, for about an hour or two in the chapel praying my daytime prayer. But then I have, again, a, a stack of prayer requests from you, our domestic church media family, uh, that have been sent in with your uh, return uh, from our newsletter. And um, I, in the chapel, lit the candles in front of the tabernacle and just went through. I didn't get through all of them, but I will. I will, you know, as I go through this Advent and Christmas season. Um, 
trying to really spend some time with each one and giving it to the Lord. And uh, it means a lot. It really does mean a lot to me to know that you are, again, there entrusting to me uh, these very, very special and personal intentions and prayer requests uh, to pray for. So um, but that's what family is for, right? That's what family is all about. And we don't use that word lightly here when we talk about family, domestic church media family. Uh, because we do consider you to be our family. So that stack of, of cards and, and Christmas cards and little notes, I'm going to bring home. Cheryl wanted to uh, see them. So um, give her some reading material over the over the snow day. Uh, if everything happens the way they say it's going to happen. You never know these days, though, right? This is 2020. It could all, just all of a sudden turn be a rainstorm. Who knows? But let's pray, my friends. Again, if you're listening Alive on this beautiful December 15th, the calm before the storm, on one of our domestic church media radio stations or on the uh, Google Home or uh, Amazon Alexa device. We stream there. Just say play domestic church media, our streaming audio, and uh, also on our uh, free mobile app. You can listen to the uh, stream or watch on domestic church uh, media television. DCM TV is on there as well. Uh, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. You can watch the program there. Uh, you can also watch the program uh, video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia and also on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. Um, did I do that? I don't think I did that yet. <laughs> I always forget something each time we go on the air here. There's so much in front of me that I have to, in fact, I'll put it on there right now. I'll get it streaming on our uh, homepage there. Let's see, I'll do that, do this. Okay, this. Uh, thank you for bearing with me here as I <laughs> cut and paste and get this in there. Um, let's see, did I do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Well-prepared radio professional right here. Here we go. Okay, there we go. Now you should get it on our Facebook, on our homepage. But we are streaming on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. So, given all that, let's come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord and pray. And we are still praying for our country. Uh, you know, one of the things I've been reading um, uh, on Spirit Daily and a few other sites. Uh, there, there are articles out there, because this usually happens when we come to the end of a year. A lot of dire so-called prophecies and predictions. You know, I, just stay away from all of that. Just stay away from all that. I got to tell you, you know, I, I, there's that meme that I saw on Facebook, and it was referring more to the COVID uh, situation, but it refers to any type of fear. Fear does not protect protect you from death fear stops life you know we don't we, 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 we so stay away from the stuff that's predicting these dire predictions of listen if god allows it praise god you know if that's if that's what god allows god will take care of his faithful you know we should we should know that and believe that and here we are in the third week of advent a week of joy and and we should be rejoicing always, as Scripture told us on Sunday's Mass. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice always. Because we know the end of the story, right? We know that Jesus is victor king. And we have nothing to fear. 
So given that, let's pray, though, for our country, to protect our country um, from the attacks of uh, the devil, the enemy, of deception, of fraud, of, you know, whatever is out there. We just want to protect this land that we love, okay? And just pray that the Lord protects us. And we give it to our Blessed Mother under the title of uh, the Immaculate Conception as patroness of our country. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that, acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the uh, Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother, Holy Father, <clears throat> asked us to pray these prayers every single day, over two years ago. He asked us to pray these prayers every day with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added to that to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, uh, I thank you, my friends, for praying with me. And again, thanks to all of you who uh, are continuing to uh, respond to our Christmas mailing, our newsletter that went out uh, at the end of November, and in that was included an, an envelope with uh, hopefully a donation toward our work, but also to write down your special prayer intentions, which you've been doing, and I've uh, really, really been um, 
humbled by you entrusting to me those very, very special prayer requests and intentions. And I, I promise you, I, I've been praying for you and going through them, and I'm taking my time with them. They're in the chapel. They're all in the chapel. Uh, and I go through them individually and uh, before the tabernacle in my own personal prayer and pray for you. And I will continue to do that throughout the Advent and into the Christmas season. So thank you for that. And then coming up this Monday, which is the third Monday in December already, uh, will be our good friend Bruce DeBacco here at 3 o'clock live uh, for his program, Come to the Throne, uh, we'll, uh, he, where he will uh, open up the airwaves for prayer. And it'll be good to hear Bruce's voice after having <laughs> spent three long days together during the Radiothon. Hopefully his, he's all rested up and back in shape. And uh, we'll be here on Monday live at 3 o'clock. So do join us then if you have any special Christmas prayers or Christmas intentions. And, my friends, let's continue to remember to pray for our country. You know, we're, we're running that prayer for the United States uh, regularly here um, because our country just needs prayer. We just, we just want to make sure that, you know, I think back to the, the many wars and the battles and those soldiers who lost their lives, who shed their blood, gave up their life, for this country and the freedoms that are ours as citizens of this country. And we just want to pray that those freedoms are not taken away and that we have integrity in our government and our system. Um, you know, you hear a lot about the deep state, both in, 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 on a political level, on a national level, a governmental level. Um, and you just want to be sure that we're living in a free and fair uh, society. And, you know, anything other than that is, is not of God. It, it's, it's from the enemy. It's from Satan. Um, so we pray that God does bless America and continues to bless America. I said before uh, the election that I still felt there was going to be divine intervention <laughs> like we've never seen before. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying that God, there are enough, I believe, enough faithful people in this country that God will manifest his divine majesty and power some way. I don't know what that way is going to be or what the effect is going to be or the result, but I think God is going to allow us to see something um, of his hand uh, intervene in some way, whatever way that is, according to God's will. That's all I pray for. It's just God's will be done, God's will, not my will necessarily, but the will of Almighty God, and that we make our wills compliant with his. Now, that being said, it is the third week of Advent. We know our reading on Sunday, there were the rose vestments and the, the rose-colored candle we lit on our Advent wreath, and uh, the readings tell us to rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice and we should be rejoicing. Let's not let this current pandemic or social unrest or political division take away our Advent and eventual Christmas joy. That's so important. You know, it's not, I know it's not easy. Cheryl and I, we at the breakfast table, we're talking about, you know, the, the way things are, uh, you know, I hate wearing those masks. We wear them as required and as needed 
<laughs> when we're supposed to. I can't stand wearing them. I, I can't, and I don't like the fear that people are expressing. Give it to God. Jesus told us to not be afraid. And that's not saying to not be uh, cautious or take, you know, the necessary steps to follow the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But don't live in fear. You know, we have a wonderful celebration taking place right now in this beautiful Advent season, a time of, of joyful anticipation, waiting for the coming of the Lord. Uh, we're coming up uh, on uh, the beautiful solemnity of Christmas uh, that begins on December 25th. doesn't end on December 25th. It begins on December 25th. And those eight days within that octave, every day, I say it every year, every day is a Christmas day and should be celebrated as a Christmas day. You know, we, we had the wonderful uh, joy over the weekend um, on uh, Saturday when our son and, and daughter-in-law uh, brought our three little grandchildren over to our house. <clears throat> uh, and, you know, we had our masks on, et cetera, all that stuff. But, but, but we, to, to help us decorate our Christmas tree. And uh, to, I just love, I love seeing the joy in, in the, the hearts and, and, and the, the spirit of these beautiful little children, as you do, I'm sure, with your own grandchildren or children. Um, it's a special time of year, especially for children. And we want to continue that and keep bringing that joy out and celebrating that joy and, and not let the situation that we're in rob us of that. The devil would love us to allow that joy to be robbed away from us. And we mustn't do that. So let me share with you, first of all, from, from Pope Francis over the weekend on the third Sunday of Advent, his um, Angelus message. And he said, uh, arriving at Christian joy is no cakewalk. <laughs> but if we put Jesus at the center of our lives, it's possible to have a joyful faith. He said the invitation to joy is characteristic of the season of Advent. This is joy, to point to Jesus. And, of course, he reflected on the day's gospel, reading from St. John, encouraged people to follow the example of John the Baptist in his joy and in his testimony to the coming of Jesus Christ. St. John the Baptist undertook a long journey to come to bear witness to Jesus. Pope Francis pointed out that the journey of joy is not a walk in the park, he said. It takes work to always be joyful. And especially when the world is trying to just, you know, oppress us and, and push us down, you know, and, and we, if we allow ourselves uh, to be brought down, we, we will. So the Holy Father is saying, you know, it, it's, it's not a walk in the park. You got to work at this to always be joyful. And he pointed out that John, St. John the Baptist, left everything from a young age to put God first to listen to his word with all his heart and all his strength, he withdrew into the desert, stripping himself of everything superfluous to be freer to follow the wind of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Father encouraged us to use this past third, day, uh, third Sunday of Advent, also called Gaudete, which means rejoice, Sunday, to reflect on whether 
they live their whether we live our faith joyfully and whether we convey the joy of being a Christian to others. And you know, I've I've said that for a long time. No one wants to join a miserable church. <laughs> People want to join a church that expresses joy because of the message that we bring, especially as Catholics. You know, as as Catholics, we have the fullness of, of faith, and that being then the fullness of all joy, because we know that this church to which we belong is the one true church founded by Jesus Christ himself. You can go to any other Christian denomination and, and all the other um, uh Christian churches are denominations because they denominated from the one true church, the Catholic Church. We can go back from Pope Francis all the way back to St. Peter, then to Christ himself as the one who founded this church upon the rock of Peter and every successor of Peter since right up to Pope Francis. You go to any other Christian denomination and go back to their beginning, their genesis, and you're going to see a man. And maybe, I guess, in some cases nowadays, a woman, but uh, a man who started that particular Christian denomination. So we have everything, the fullness of all truth, the fullness of faith. And so we as Catholics especially need to live our faith joyfully and also convey this joy of being a Catholic to other people. And the Holy Father lamented. He said, too many Christians look like they're attending a funeral wake. But we have so many reasons to rejoice. Christ is risen. Christ loves you. You know, we celebrate this solemnity, this beautiful solemnity of Christmas in a little over a week. And that's a beautiful, obviously very important solemnity. That's why we celebrated for eight days the incarnation, the second person of the Holy Trinity entering into time, taking on the flesh of man. You know, Jesus didn't just exist at the Incarnation, the second person of the Holy Trinity is, always was, and always will be. But he took on the flesh of man through uh, the virginal womb of Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit and entered into time. And that's the beginning of salvation history in, in a sense, but we know what that led up to. You know, Jesus was born in this world to die, to take sin and death upon himself and be crucified, only to rise again on that third day. And that's our reason to rejoice, that Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus Christ, the babe brought forth by Mary 
in that little stable in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago that we still remember to celebrate today, lived for 33 years, walked this earth, and in those last three years of his life on this earth in his public ministry, gave us and the world everything we need to get home. And then by his own uh, salvific action upon the cross, taking sin and death upon himself to die for us as the sacrificial lamb so that the gates of heaven could be opened. And as he rose from the dead on that third day, that Easter Sunday, and spent time with his disciples before he finally ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit It's a beautiful, glorious story, but it's not a fictional story. It's real, and we then have every reason, no matter what's going on in the world, every reason to rejoice. Holy Father said that the first condition necessary for Christian joy is to focus less on one's self and to put Jesus at the center of everything. He said this is not about alienation from life, because Jesus is the light that gives full meaning to the life of every man and woman who comes into this world. He said, it's the same dynamism of love which which leads me to come out of myself, not to lose myself, but to find myself while I give myself, while I seek the good of the other. And Holy Father said that St. John the Baptist is a great example of this. As the first witness of Jesus, he achieved his mission not by drawing attention to himself, but by always pointing to the one who was to come. He was always pointing out the Lord, the Holy Father said. And like Our Lady, always pointing out the Lord, do what he tells you. Always the Lord at the center. The saints around pointing out the Lord And whoever does not point out the Lord is not holy. In particular, the Holy Father said, John the Baptist is a model for those in the church who are called to proclaim Christ to others. They can do so only in detachment from themselves and from worldliness, not by attracting people to themselves, but by directing them to Jesus. You know, and as someone who's been very humbled by this mission that we've been given, and I've been given here at Domestic Church Media, to proclaim Christ to others. That's why this radio station is here, or these radio stations. That's why this apostolate is here. It's not here for any other reason. It's not here to bring attention to me or anybody else in particular here. Never did, never has, (laughs) never meant to. We are just the messengers of the great joy that we proclaim in Christ Jesus and Him crucified. And I hope that it always comes across as a joyful message. That no matter what's going on in the world, we've, we've, you know, if you've been with me, and I know some of you have, again, I've been doing this for 25 years. This is my 25th year of Catholic radio started at the little station down there in Camden, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, all that I went through over these many years, 
But the message has never changed. It's always been about proclaiming Jesus Christ and the joy that Jesus brings. You know, Mother Angelica, we run a little spot, you hear it, where she said so many years ago that the essence of evangelization is to tell everybody that Jesus loves you. And I've got to tell you, my brothers and sisters, I read, again, these beautiful little notes that you sent with your donations. Both those of you who sent your pledges in for the Radiothon, thank you for that. God bless you all. And those who send in your own little envelopes from the, from the newsletter and the, the little messages you write. And I sometimes lose sight personally of the effect of what we do here because there's so many other things going on that have to be done. It came uh, through and came out during the Radiothon when we had some beautiful people come on and uh, give their testimony over the air. And sometimes, sadly, because of all the other things that I uh, have to do and that are under my responsibility, uh, um, I, I lose sight sometimes of, of the effect of what we do here. And I do pray, and it is my prayer, that no matter whether it's me or, or uh, Bill and George when they do their program or Talking Catholic, Mike Walsh and, and the ladies, and, or Cheryl or the bishop uh, or Bruce, that, and of course all the wonderful EWTN programs, that when you listen or watch, because we're on YouTube and Facebook and things, we're on video, that you feel the joy <laughs> that no matter what's going on in your own life, what's going on in the world, that because we are baptized into Christ, that we have that wonderful joy of our faith, the wonderful joy that we know uh, we are called to not just live, but also share with so many other people with whom we come into contact. That's the message of this third week of Advent. And every year we do it, and every year we express it. We're getting closer to that wonderful celebration of the birth of our dear Lord. So let's take a break. When I come back, I have a couple things here. I'm not sure. I'll see. I can't do them both, but we'll, we'll, I'll do the best I can. So stay right where you are. More to come. We're talking about joy today. So be joyful. I'll be right back. all over America. What have you done for your marriage today? Today, I sent an email to my husband and I said, you rock. I cooked breakfast for my wife. I came to pick up the kids, told her to stay home and relax. I did his laundry. Made the bed for my wife because she usually does and I even put the pillows in the right place. She was thrilled. What have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in the student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Langhorne to Lake Como, Holmdel to Howell, Freehold to Fort Dix, Ringo's to Roosevelt, from Old Bridge to Oceanport, Red Bank to Rocky Hill, Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back on this uh, lovely December 15th, the calm before the storm, the nor'easter. And, you know, we haven't had measurable snow in two years. I think the last time I can remember uh, having any, any measurable snow, and it wasn't a lot, maybe a couple of inches, was November of 2018. And I remember that because it was our granddaughter's second birthday. We... Um, spent the day with her, but I remember going through the snow 
And I think that's the last that I can remember. We didn't have, then that whole winter there was nothing, and last winter there was nothing. So I guess we're due, but I'm happy when we don't have it. <laughs> I know a lot of people like the snow. I know Cheryl's looking forward to it. She wants that Christmas, uh, you know, aura there with the snow falling, and I'll throw some wood in the fireplace, and we'll enjoy it that way. I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Um, if I get in tomorrow morning to pre-record a program, I know it's supposed to start around 1 o'clock or so, so I don't want to be here and get stuck over here. Uh, uh, wouldn't be a bad place to be stuck, though, because not bad, but but I want to get home. And uh, so if I, if, but if I don't get a chance to pre-record and the snow is coming down, we might just play some Christmas music tomorrow <laughs> in the afternoon and evening, and then Thursday too. However, just to kind of make us feel a little, a little, a little more joyful. And thanks to all of you, by the way. I have been getting some lovely comments. People who are enjoying the Christmas music. We do this every year. And, you know, we put it on um, more and more as we get now. Uh, Thursday is the 17th. That's the first day of late Advent where we begin the O Antiphons um, in our uh, Liturgy of the Hours. So um, we'll be doing more and more Christmas music. But I thank you for all of you who are writing and appreciate the fact that we're playing real Christmas music, <laughs> not, the, uh, not the other stuff uh, that you hear, you know, on the radio. You know, it's funny. I was I was watching um, over the weekend on YouTube. You can find great stuff on YouTube. Um, but remember the old Perry Como Christmas specials they'd have every year? It'd be another one, a new one. Andy Williams had them, and um, uh, the King family had them. Remember that? But Perry Como, who was a good Catholic man, he always... Always, he did secular stuff too, but in his specials, he didn't hesitate to tell the true meaning of Christmas and sing hymns and carols to that effect. And this one I was watching, you can find it on YouTube. Just search for Perry Como, Christmas in the Holy Land. He was actually in, in, in the Holy Land celebrating Christmas. And he was going to various places there and just giving a little... A little uh, we can call it a teaching on what happened, but he was on the Mount of Beatitudes. And it struck me because he was telling the story, and he said, hear our Lord, and he would tell what our Lord taught on the Beatitudes. And he very, very comfortably talked about Jesus as our Lord. And I thought, boy, you know, you probably wouldn't see that today, sadly, would you? Um, because he was on, it was network, it was ABC, it was network television. Um, they'd, they'd be a bit more... Um, restrictive, I think, in some of that. But it's nice to see. You can find them on YouTube. I think this one was from 1980, um, Perry Como's Christmas in the Holy Land. He had, he had a number of them every year, a different one. So if you do search for uh, Perry Como Christmas specials. Uh, I mean, Andy Williams did some nice stuff too, but he wasn't He wasn't as, as he did, you know, carols and hymns. But Perry Como always seemed to have that extra. He always did the Ave Maria. He always sang the Ave Maria. Uh, every special, um, you know, being Crosby had them and things too, but but, and they were all very good. But Perry Como really, I think, stressed more of the faith side of of the Holy Day and the and the celebration. But you should you know do that. I, I, that's what I did. I, instead of watching regular television, I kind of went back in time. You go on YouTube and search for, in this case, Perry Como's Christmas specials and and watch them on the big TV. 
uh, very it's very very nice because you hear he did nice carols and he, he would sing, he would sing some of the secular stuff too but he always did the carols and as I said he always sing the Ave Maria every, every every year so anyway times they have changed haven't they that's forty years ago uh, this is from our friend Venerable Archbishop Sheen and it was a series of of writings um, on Advent from um, a little booklet called Through the Year with Fulton Sheen. And in this one, it kind of takes us through some of the Advent days. But I thought, you know, we talk about joy and rejoicing because we know that God created us to be with him for all eternity in heaven. That's our ultimate destination. And so a little reflection, a little Advent reflection by Venerable Sheen on eternity. This time of year, my friends, you know, it, it, it's always bittersweet for so many because you remember Christmas's past. We all do. And we remember those loved ones with whom we spent those past Christmases who may not be here now. They've gone home to the Lord. Uh, there maybe this year for some of you for the first time there'll be uh, an empty place at your christmas table where someone was called home during this year and and maybe this may be the last christmas for some with their family you know we don't know but the the point of all this is that we still rejoice those are yes sad sad partings but we know that they're only temporary partings because Jesus came into this world to save us from death and that one day we'll all be reunited again. So this is a reflection from Venerable Fulton Sheen on eternity, kind of an advent. And he said, why must heaven be outside of time? Simply because none of us would want an endless existence on this earth. If it were possible for us to live 400 years with some kind of vitamin, do you think that we would all swallow them? You know, they're talking, I've heard talk of this now, where some of the medical advancements they're making that people one day and not far off could live to be three, 400 years old. <laughs> I don't want that. And Bishop Sheen said, you know, if they had some kind of vitamin, do you think you'd swallow it? If it made you live 400 years, not me, right? He said there would certainly come one moment in our existence when we would want to die. Have you ever, have you ever been in any one place on this earth that you were absolutely sure would be one in which you would want to spend every day of your life? He said it's not very likely. The mere extension of time to most of us, would probably be a curse instead of a blessing. And, you know, it's true. For all the, the joy that we have in this life at times, we know that we probably wouldn't want to be here uh, forever, right? He said, then, too, have you ever noticed that your happiest moments have come when eternity almost seems to get inside of your soul. Think about that. I've, I've mentioned that to you. I, I, I've, 
I, I think of I always think of the birth of our all of the all the births of all three of our children, but especially our first child. When our first child, when our oldest son was born, and I was in the delivery room, there was something that overcame for me overcame that room that it was like it was a different realm. I'll never forget experiencing that. Just all of a sudden, the room seemed to have become dazzlingly white, bright, and, and everything that was happening in it, the baby's cry and Cheryl and every, it just all seemed like a, we were in a different place that you never want to leave. And I think that's what, that, and I think, I know, that's what Bishop Sheen is talking about. Have you ever noticed that your happiest moments in this life have come when eternity almost seems to get inside of your soul? That That's, you know, my example, but I'm sure each of you have your examples, if you really stop to think about your life, those moments when, as Bishop Sheen described it, eternity gets inside of your soul. He said, all great inspirations are timeless, and that gives us some suggestion of heaven. And then he said, Mozart was once asked when he received his inspirations for his great music. He said he saw them all at once in a great heat, a great warmth, a great light. Then there came the succession of notes. So it is in writing a speech, Bishop Sheen said, when I prepare a talk or a telecast or a book, there comes a moment when the end is seen at the beginning. One cannot write fast enough, he said. There comes to everyone, whether he is good or bad, some dim uh, uh, Intimations of immortality, such as Wordsworth wrote about. There are, however, men who try to immunize themselves from these thoughts of eternity. They put on a kind of God-proof raincoat so that drops of his grace will not get through to them. They shut out eternity. I find it very, very hard to believe, and I know that there are people who feel this way, that there's nothing beyond this life. People who live their entire life in this world who believe there's nothing beyond it, that when they close their eyes in death, that's it, they're gone, they're done. When you and I, as Christians, we not only believe, but we know with all certainty that there is something beyond this life that is so incredibly beautiful that it's indescribable in mere human words. St. Paul told us that, that eye has not seen, ear has not heard nor has it even entered the mind what God has in store. We've heard stories of people who have had near-death experiences who said they saw heaven, they saw God. And even though everything they knew and, and loved in this world were left behind, they didn't want to return. They didn't want to come back. They wanted to stay there. So we, we, we live this life and we get these little 
inklings, teeny tiny inklings of heaven on earth, as as the bishop, as Bishop Sheen said, heaven gets inside of our soul at various times in the course of our life. And they're not worldly things. They're not things of this world. They're things that go beyond, like relationships, like love, like the birth of a child or a grandchild or uh, your wedding or, or a special time in your life, a special moment that went beyond this existence and allowed eternity to enter into your soul. Now, Bishop Sheen continued, and he said, too often we think as heaven as being way out there. We draw all kinds of pictures about heaven. Most of them are quite unreal, and because we think of heaven and even hell as something that happens to us at the end of time, we keep on postponing it. Bishop Sheen said, as a matter of fact, heaven is not way out there. Heaven is here. And he said, hell is not way down there. Heaven could be inside of a soul. I'm sorry, hell could be inside of a soul. He said, there is no such thing as dying and then going to heaven or dying and going to hell. You are in heaven already. You are in hell already. He said, I've met people who are in hell. I'm sure you have too. I've also seen people with heaven in them. If you ever want to see heaven in a child, look at that child in the day of his first communion. If you want to see how much love is related to heaven, just look at the bride and groom at the altar on the day of the nuptial mass. Heaven is there. Heaven is here because love is there. I'm sorry, heaven is there because love is there. I've seen heaven in a missionary nun who was spending herself among the lepers. Probably talking about Mother Teresa, (laughs) Saint Mother Teresa. He said, sometimes you see a virtuous person and you see heaven there. The beauty of such a person is not put on the outside. It's kind of an imprisoned loveliness that comes from within, as if it were breaking down the bars of flesh in order to find some outward utterance. You know, there's that uh, song that was popular back in the 1980s, uh, sung by Bette Midler called um, From a Distance. God will be watching us from a distance. No, he's not, not way out there. He's right here. And you know... We as Catholics have the great gift of the sacrament of the Eucharist, the real, true, substantial presence of Jesus Christ present to us in every tabernacle, and we have the the great blessing of being able to consume him at every Mass we attend. And you know, you can't separate the persons of the Trinity. It's not just Jesus. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And and that is the, in this life, the 
one true opportunity that we have to touch the eternal when we receive Holy Communion. That's why Bishop Sheen said you want to see uh, heaven and a child, look at that child on the, on the day of his first communion. But any one of us, if we are truly communing with God at that moment, that we receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, that we have communed with heaven, have touched the eternal. You know, we're again coming up to Christmas time and we're all getting our nativity scenes set up perhaps. And, you know, I put my little, uh, my, my little, they're about three or four feet high, but Mary and Joseph and, and of course the crib is empty out on the front uh, yard. I may have to move it onto the porch. I don't want them to get buried in the snow. So, <laughs> But, you know, we're awaiting the arrival, the birth of that child uh, that was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. But it's the same Jesus who awaits us in the tabernacle or the monstrance or in the reception of Holy Communion. It's the same Christ child. I know there are many adoration chapels in our listing areas, and, and you, we have the opportunity to, to go and adore him just like the shepherds did, just like the three kings did. Same Jesus. It's no different. He's, you know, we have that same opportunity that the shepherds in the field did with the, who heard that, that message of great joy that unto them a child was born. And you'll find him laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the shepherds ran with haste to see the newborn king. The three wise men followed the star, which, by the way, I, you may have, I'm sure you, most of you have heard that on December 21st, which is um, next week, Saturn and Jupiter are going to line up for the first time in 800 years and they're calling it the Christmas star. So we hope it's a clear night on the 21st so we can go outside and see the Christmas star, Saturn and Jupiter, though, just the way they're lined up. It's going to look like one, one single large object in the sky, like the star that the three wise men followed. But they followed that star to go and see Jesus. And we have that opportunity every single day. Every day, if you're blessed enough to be able to get to Holy Mass on a daily basis, there you are. The same Christ child that was adored by the three kings and, and by the shepherds on that first Christmas night. They're present to you. You can go to an adoration chapel. Jesus awaits you. He's there. The same Jesus. I remember one year, many, many years ago, when I was out of work and <laughs> praying for the apostolate to begin, and I would go, there was an adoration chapel, sadly it's not there anymore, the, the parish closed and the property sold and the chapel gone, oh, I hate to drive by there, I see now it's just townhouses, but <laughs> I used to go over at, in, in Falls Township over here in Pennsylvania, St. Joseph the Worker, parish had a beautiful little adoration chapel, 
And I remember one year during this season, Advent, I was going a lot. I was going two, three times a day to spend time with the Lord, praying for the apostolate. Can't we, Lord, can't we have a radio station, just one radio station? But I remember it was Christmas week, and I was walking up the, it was a ramp to the door to get into the chapel, and I was walking up the ramp, and I heard in my heart, I didn't hear it audibly, I don't think, just the, the, the angelic voices singing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Venite adoremos. As I was going into the chapel, Oh, come, let us adore him. And I thought, this is it. I mean, this is no different than it was for the shepherds 2,000 years ago. This is no different than it was for the three wise men who found the Lord by following that star. And that's our joy, my friends. You know, we started off today talking about the joy of this Advent season. Yes, Advent is penitential, not quite as penitential as Lent. And this week, especially the third week that we, in our scripture at Sunday Mass, heard the reading to rejoice always. And we got away from the purple a little bit and had the rose-colored vestments and candles and things and reminding us that the Lord is near, and we have him present to us every time we receive him in Holy Communion, every time we sit before a tabernacle, every time we visit an adoration chapel. The same Jesus who laid in that manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes on that first Christmas night, is available to us to worship and adore, to go and to place ourselves before him. And, and, and adore him, just like those shepherds did. That's our joy. That's how we live this Advent season and Christmas. So let's, uh, all right, so tomorrow we'll see what the snow brings. But um, one way or another, something will happen during this 4 o'clock hour. Either I'll be here pre-recorded or uh, we may play some Christmas music if it's, the snow's coming down just to make us feel Christmassy. All right, have a great rest of your day, my friends. Uh, stay tuned now. We have an hour of Christmas music coming up for you. Uh, and I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.